Hey y'all, you're listening to The Coffee Shop, and I'm your host, Lindsay Acosta. If you know me, then you know that I love coffee, and The Coffee Shop is where I've had some of my favorite and hardest conversations. I've laughed, cried, mourned, and rejoiced with friends as we sat across from one another, a coffee between us. So I hope you'll pull up a chair to my table and have conversations with me as I talk about all things Jesus related in hopes that it will equip, teach, and empower you in your walk with the Lord. Welcome to the coffee shop. Hey y'all, so if you have been following along to my podcast for any certain amount of time, you've probably figured out that my goal with the podcast is to equip, teach, and empower others in their walk with the Lord. And I really wanted to make sure that I did an episode teaching everybody what it means to be a Christian and kind of what we're called to do. You know, how can I expect to teach people and equip people in their walk with the Lord if I'm not even teaching the basics? So, you know, while this episode is kind of geared toward my newer believers or for those that are considering, you know, becoming a follower of Jesus. But I do hope that, you know, my seasoned believers will be able to take something away from this episode as well. So the first thing that we need to establish is that being a believer and being a follower of Jesus means loving him. That is our first and foremost commandment that we are supposed to follow. That is the basis of everything that we do. Everything that we do, we do because we love him. And loving him means, you know, obeying his commands. And, you know, it does go much deeper than just reading your Bible or praying, even though those things are very important. You know, so in this episode, we're going to talk about, you know, those things in more depth as well as a few other things that we should be doing so think about it this way if you love someone you do things that bring them joy if you love jesus you should strive to follow his commands because you love him because you want to bring him joy will you get it right every day no will you slip up sometimes and fall into sin and old habits Yes, unfortunately, we are human, and that is part of our humanity. But this is why we spend time with him and why we spend time in his word and in prayer so that we can know what he expects of us and so that we can better strive to live a life that is holy so we know the things that bring him joy and so we can live out those things. The more time you spend with him, the more you want to strive for holiness. And just like every other relationship, if you don't spend time with someone, you won't ever get to know them. And our relationship with God is just like that. Um, So here's a list of things that we should be doing as believers. Now I'm going to first read off the list and then I'm going to take some time to explain each one. So Let's go down this list. So here's the first one. Know what you believe and why. Now this might take some time and research, but you know, you do you do need to know what you believe and why you believe it. Uh then we're going to talk about, you know, reading your Bible. 
We'll talk about prayer, worship, serving, keeping his commands, loving people, accountability partners, finding a church or a small group or a Christian community. And then lastly, we will talk about dying to your flesh. If you are, you know, a new believer or you're just considering a life of Christ and following the Lord, please do not let that last one scare you. I promise I will explain it. It sounds scary, but it is not at all. So when I say know what you believe and why, I mean that you need to have an understanding of what it means to be a Christian and the theology in which you base your life and your choices off of. So this is stuff like prayer. You know, we pray to God in order to get to know him better and to hear from him and things like that. That is part of our theology. Or, you know, it's believing that the Trinity is true and that it's three entities in one, which is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Uh, Another one is believing that you cannot be saved just because your parents are saved. You have to be saved by your own accord. You have to have a personal relationship with the Lord in order to be saved. So basically, theology is just your religious beliefs. And if you don't know what you believe, you can't live according to that standard. And if you don't know why you believe them or why the church believes what we do, then you know, you you can't be a reliable witness to others. And you're kind of just at that point believing blindly. And that can also be a little dangerous. So definitely understand what you believe and why. Now, obviously, there's a lot of stuff that goes into our beliefs. And this episode would be a year long if I got into all of it. But the basics is that, you know, we believe what the Bible says. Everything in our theology goes back to the Bible. So, you know, as you're studying the theology and what you believe and why, seek out wise counsel like a trusted pastor or a trusted seasoned Christian and, you know, see if they would be willing to have conversations with you regarding theology and why we believe what we believe and always compare those things to the Bible. And it also probably would not be a bad idea to look into a few books on theology. Just make sure that they are Bible-based. I will try to upload those to the resources tab on the website. Next, we're going to talk about reading your Bible. And reading your Bible might be one of the most obvious and well-known actions of a believer, but it's still definitely worth exploring. And by now, y'all know that I'm a huge advocate of deep studying the Bible. I talk about it all the time. Um, But with that being said, sometimes when you're new to the faith, reading the Bible can feel super overwhelming. And honestly, like it can feel super overwhelming for a seasoned believer. So it most definitely can be hard for someone who has never done it before or who hasn't done it very often. Um, So, you know, my, my biggest advice is... Give yourself grace. Uh, Understand that you're still learning and that the Lord isn't judging you by how happy or excited you are when you read the Bible. Or, you know, he's not judging you based on how much you understand and retain and memorize. It's really all about spending time with him. And, you know, some seasons are different than others. Some seasons you can spend an entire hour reading the word. and other seasons, you can barely manage five minutes. Both are okay. 
just make sure that you're being honest with yourself about your time and you know make sure that you're not saying you can only do five minutes when in reality you really could do 15. Don't let yourself make excuses but also don't overwhelm yourself. And I would also suggest reading the Bible all the way through. Find a plan on, you know, the YouVersion app or find a devotional that takes you through the Bible or, you know, just read a chapter a day. Don't worry about completing it in a certain amount of time because I think that will just stress you out. Just enjoy the journey of reading the Bible and getting to know the Lord. You know, make notes while you read and try to see what the Lord is telling you through each passage. Next, I would suggest reading it in chronological order. This is a lot more complicated, but it honestly helps with the overall understanding of the Bible. So, typically, Bibles are written in canon order, which is kind of just a fancy way of saying that it's written in a listed order. But chronological order is when things happen historically. So, it's basically just when you can read things in the timeline that they actually happen and when you do this when you can read things in the timeline that they actually happened it can make things more understandable and you can more easily make connections in the bible and see why something may have happened or how two characters overlap or things like that and i personally will never read my bible another way again because reading it chronologically just makes so much more sense than reading it in canon order. But I also need to add that I've already read it in canon order. Um, so I have something to compare it to, which is why I suggest that you read it in canon order first, how a typical Bible is set up, and then, you know, specifically search for chronological order Bibles and read it in chronological order. Um, or you can find a chronological um, plan on the YouVersion app or a devotional, things like that. But the key to reading the Bible is just doing it and letting the Lord lead you. Now, prayer is another huge aspect of our walk with the Lord. Like reading your Bible, start small. Don't overexhaust yourself trying to pray for four hours when you can only handle 10 minutes. You know, God just wants to spend time with you. I know a friend who has mastered the art of on-the-go prayers. That's what I like to call them. Um, every time that she gets a quiet moment or, you know, a semi-quiet moment, she prays. You know, when she's doing the dishes, she prays. When she's in the car, when she's in the shower, when she's waiting in line at Starbucks. It's easier for her to pray when she gets a free moment throughout her day than trying to, you know, set a specific time and date and you know, miss it more times than not because she just can't make time for it. And oftentimes, you know, she'll sometimes pray for her needs. Sometimes she prays over her household. And sometimes it's just plain old catching up with the Lord. There really is no serious rhyme or reason to it. She's just intentionally spending time with the Lord, which is what prayer is. And she's giving him time and the room to speak to her as well. Now, other people are great at setting a time and a date and sticking to it. Um, they view it as kind of like coffee with a friend. But, you know, no matter how you go about your prayer time, just do it. Because it's the only way that you're going to learn to hear from the Lord and how to know 
when he's speaking to you, you have to practice the art of prayer. And yes, he speaks to us in so many different ways, uh, you know, the Bible or other people, dreams, things like that. But prayer is a huge part in knowing when the Lord is speaking to you and how you can speak to him. Um, And there's also different forms of prayer. And I know that that's not usually talked about. We kind of just think of prayer as one thing, but there's different types of prayer. So, you know, start looking into those as well once you get comfortable praying. I love the book Fervent by Priscilla Shire. Or Leveling the Praying Field by Donna Barrett is another amazing book, especially for new believers. She really teaches a very easy way to understand prayer and how to pray and how to not feel like you're just totally messing up and things like that. So, you know, like reading your Bible, don't overthink it. Don't overthink your prayer life. You literally are just having a conversation with God. That's it. You know, maybe write out your prayers and see where the Lord leads you. Maybe turn on some music in the background and pace as you pray. Maybe pray in the car. You know, again, it it doesn't matter where or how long or how you're doing it. Just as long as you're doing it. Just start praying. Now, worship is a favorite of mine. I just love worship. I love that it's a chance for me to humble myself before the Lord and remind him of how good I think he is, how good I know that he is and things like that. And, you know, there's this misconception that worship only means to sing or play an instrument for the Lord. And that's just not true. You know, that is a form of worship, but Worship is a lot deeper than songs. Worship means to show reverence and adoration for someone. And we can do this by using our gifts for his glory or by sacrificing something that he is calling us to sacrifice. It can look like obedience. It can look like, you know, the typical raising your hands and singing. Anything that shows reverence and adoration for the Lord is a form of worship. I know one lady who paints. That is her way to show worship to the Lord. That is how she worships him. She paints beautiful, beautiful pictures. And worship is just another way for us to build our relationship with the Lord. And it reminds us to humble ourselves because we are serving an all-powerful God who deserves our adoration and our respect and our reverence. Now we're going to talk about serving. And serving is kind of like worship. It can take, you know, many forms and, you know, it can be serving at church in a specific ministry. It can be in your home by, you know, getting your husband or your wife a drink, even though you don't really want to. Uh, That is actually a way to serve the Lord because you're serving your spouse. Um, It can be you staying late at work to help out a colleague because they need help. You know, you're, you're showing love to another person, which by default shows love to the Lord. Um, It can be helping in an organization without the expectation of pay. It can be physically going out into the community and being the hands and feet of Jesus in tangible ways, you know, like serving in a homeless shelter or something. Jesus spent his whole ministry serving others, and it should be a huge part of the way that we're living. Because again, it really does just humble us and it shows people that they are loved and that there is something about you that is different and 
it makes them wonder what it is that you have that is making you so kind and loving and there's just a light to you that people want to know more about and it's a wonderful way to show the love of Jesus in tangible ways and to get people talking about you know what makes you different it's a great way to you know set people up for you to witness to them the next thing we're going to talk about is keeping his commands which is huge you know When we say keep his commands, we mean make the right choices and do what would be pleasing to him. You know, we know that sex before marriage is wrong. That is very clear in the Bible. We know that we're not supposed to steal or murder. We know that we're not to let anger control us. We know that we are to love people. So when you're keeping his commands, that just means to do your best to do what is righteous in the Lord's sight. You know, do your best to live a holy life, a life that would be pleasing to the Lord. If you are unsure about a choice, ask a trusted believer. Um, And definitely listen to your gut. If you feel convicted about something, seek the Lord before making that choice. Always listen to your convictions. If you get like a gross feeling in the pit of your stomach when you're about to you know, go somewhere you shouldn't go or go be with someone you shouldn't be or go do something you shouldn't be doing, but you're not really sure if you shouldn't be doing those things. If you have a yucky feeling in the pit of your stomach, don't do it. If you're wrong about a conviction, there's no harm done. You're not losing anything. But if you, but if you aren't wrong about that conviction, you know, and you still toss it to the side and you go and do what you feel like you shouldn't be doing then you really could be making a choice that might do far more harm than you expected so you know just listen to your your convictions to your gut if you feel like you're not supposed to do something and again just keep his commands do the things that you know would be pleasing to the lord and stay away from the things that you know wouldn't be if you're not sure again go find a trusted believer that you can talk to that you can discuss these things with Loving is probably the biggest thing that we can do as believers. You can do so much more for the kingdom when you just love people. You know, be kind. Meet needs when you can. Encourage people. Don't look down on them. Don't make people feel crappy just because you don't agree with their choices or lifestyles or because you know they're living a sinful life. Just show love. Jesus spent his entire ministry loving people and showing compassion to them. You know... I've talked about this a little bit in a different episode, but when Jesus's cousin, John the Baptist died, instead of sending the crowds away, he had compassion on them and he loved them and he met their needs. And we are called to love one another. You know, John 14, 15 says, if you love me, then you'll keep my commands. And John 13, 34 through 35 says, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are disciples if you have love for one another. So if we love others, we are loving God. This is such a cliche. And if you grew up in the 90s, you will totally understand this. But you really should always be asking yourself, what would Jesus do? And I know that it can sound so corny sometimes. 
but it really can help put a lot of things into perspective. You know, would he minister to the poor and the prostitutes? Yes, he would go have conversations with them. He would not look down at them as the lowest of the low. Would he love and eat with the sleazy tax collector? Yes, he invited Zacchaeus to have dinner with him. Would he invite the very ones that were trying to kill him? To listen to his teachings. Yes, he was constantly teaching around the people that were trying to kill him. Would he tell you to apologize when you've done wrong? Yes, he would. Would he encourage you to forgive? Yes, most definitely. So just ask yourself, you know, what would Jesus do in this situation? What would Jesus do to show love to this person? What would he do? to encourage this person, to meet this person's needs. You know, we love God by loving others. Something else that doesn't necessarily get talked about a whole bunch is getting an accountability partner. And this is just a huge way to strengthen your faith. This person is someone who you have given the authority to call you out on your shortcomings, to check in on you when you're having a rough season, to give you advice or answer questions for you, all those types of things. And we all need someone to tell us when we're wrong and then to encourage us when we're right. So you really just need to find that person. Now, they do need to be a Christian and they, you know, preferably need to be a seasoned Christian. But having a new believer as an accountability partner isn't wrong. You just want somebody who's going to be honest with you even when you don't want to hear it. Your accountability partner is there to literally hold you accountable to, you know, also encourage you when you're doing things right and to help you navigate your walk with the Lord. But they are there to tell you when you're doing something wrong, when you're doing something sinful, when you should be doing something different. And this is the person that you have given that authority to. Um, I have a few accountability partners. My mom is one. My sister is one. I have, you know, two or three other friends who I have given them that, that authority to speak into my life and say, Lindsay, you done messed up. You need to go repent and you need to fix it and you need to do this instead. Or Lindsay, you are right on track. You are doing great. You are doing great things for the kingdom. Keep doing it. Keep pressing into the Lord. Or, you know, we have really great discussions about Jesus and about the word and about all things faith related Those are the types of relationships you need in an accountability partner. You need somebody who is going to be there for the good moments, but also be there for the bad moments. And you have to be okay and you have to get comfortable with the fact that you're not going to do it right every time. And you need somebody to call you to the carpet when you're doing something wrong. It's the only way that we learn to live a holy life. So that's definitely something that you need to look into getting and finding is an accountability partner. And like getting an accountability partner, finding a church or a community, a Christian community to be a part of is so vital to your walk with the Lord. You know, these people are going to encourage you. They're going to help you. They're going to, you know, lift you up when you need it. They are there to shout in victory when you reach triumphs. And they're there to cry with you whenever you've had losses. Now, some people really are not comfortable going to church. And you know what? That is really a whole episode on its own. Um, I will say that 
it's better to be out of church and in a Christian community than it is to be a part of nothing at all. And the disconnect with this is that people think that church is the end all be all. But what people forget is that church doesn't have to be a church building. It can be, you know, meeting in a friend's home and worshiping and studying the Bible together. It can be going out into the streets and gathering up people for a time of worship and a word from the Lord. And while going to church is important, and I wholeheartedly feel like that should be our first step is to find a church that we are comfortable in and, you know, give grace because it is run by people. But if you cannot find a church that makes you comfortable enough, find a group of people, a community of other Christians who can kind of have church with you. And, you know, like I said, well, church is important. Sometimes God is calling us to do it a little differently than, you know, what typical Christians would deem as normal. And with all of that being said, you know, just pray long and hard about not attending church at all. If you really feel like that's what he's telling you to do, please pray about it. And, you know, at the end of your long prayers over a course of time, if you still feel like church is not an option for you, at least find a community to be a part of that will help you grow in your walk and, and keep you encouraged. It, but if you feel like the Lord is pressing on your heart to go to church and to actually find a church, just do so with discernment. Do so with a heavy heart of prayer to make sure that this is the church that you're supposed to be at. Um, but also don't forget to extend grace because so many churches are not perfect. You will never find a perfect church. Every church will have, you know, mess ups because the church is filled with imperfect people. And that is something that eventually you just have to realize and you have to come to terms with it. Now, that doesn't mean stay in toxic churches. It doesn't mean um, stay in abusive churches or churches that are not teaching the word of God, please leave those churches. But also on that same foot, don't leave church completely just because you did not agree with or like a church that you had gone to previously. Really just seek the Lord in this specific area and pray that he would really guide your steps in these decisions because they are they are really heavy decisions to be making and lastly we're going to talk about dying to yourself and I know again that just sounds wild and really weird but um you know this is probably the hardest yet most important aspect of our walk you know when you say die to yourself or die to your flesh you're basically saying that you know God has all of you now and that you're going to live for him and by his standard of holiness despite whether your flesh wants to or not, whether the human side of you wants to or not. You know, we are always going to be tempted by things from, you know, small and seemingly insignificant things that just go against God's standards like lashing out in anger to big things like stealing or lying or even murder. Um... When you die to your flesh, when you choose to do the right thing despite what your flesh is telling you to do, despite what your humanity is telling you to do, you are 
loving God. When you decide to turn away from whatever it is that is tempting you, you are loving God. Because by telling your temptation no, you are telling your flesh no. And you are telling your flesh that God is more holy and more important than any instant gratification that comes with temptation that comes with falling into sin. And at the end of the day, we are all still learning and growing in the Lord. And I really hope that this episode helps all of my believers and, you know, specifically my my newer believers. And I hope that it just gave y'all a good starting place as to what you should be doing in order to, you know, love God. Thanks for listening to this week's episode on The Coffee Shop. I'd love to connect with you more on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. See y'all next week.